0: community inspire radio you tuned into coffee with caro and my guest today uh what well, my first guest today just to help us go into national women's health week is kath mazella kath are you there uh, yes i am hi and welcome to coffee with caro Thank you very much. It's really, really good to have you on the show today. And I know that you have a very unique and very direct initiative. So what I'll (laughs) ask you to do is... If you don't mind, I'll ask you to take listeners on a little bit of a journey. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your personal and professional journey, and how you came to be doing what you're currently doing. I'm going to leave it over to you, Kath Mazella. Let us know what it is exactly that uh, makes your initiative so special.
1: Right. Okay. Well, uh, back when I was uh, 42, I'm going to be very um, upfront and personal here, I actually was diagnosed with vulva cancer and I had my clitoris, vulva and lymph glands removed due to cancer. Now, most people probably don't want to hear that, but I'm here so that this doesn't happen to your mother, sister or daughter. But when I was sent home and I thought, what was that all about and why did that happen? And I just couldn't get my head around that this can actually happen to women and we don't know about it. But when I turn to a lot of Organ- health organizations, so it was like only the experts can talk about these things. And then I found all this shame around the vulva. And I found the word pudendum in the dictionary. And the Latin version of that word says female genitalia, one who should and ought to be ashamed. The shame oh, no. of a woman. That <gasps> is terrible. I know, but that's why and that's why we most women now call their vulva as a vagina. So I'll explain here once some people who don't know. Know, that the vulva is the external genitalia and the vagina is the internal genitalia because we certainly wouldn't call a penis as a testicle would we no
0: no no no, no. <laughs> clearly we need to name it you know for what it is and we need to understand it with yep. no shame and to have this conversation um not just when it's women's health week but all the time so that our young people are also being raised in an environment where things are clear
1: Absolutely, but if you jump online with the Jean Hales Women's Health Week, they've just had their first day today and the first issue is the difference between a vulva and a vagina and, and the issues around the vulva. And, you know, I sit here after all these 25 years to sort of think, wow, you know, all their hard work is really starting to pay off and, and we're teaching women to be proud of their um, magnificent bodies. So, so from that, I felt isolated. I put an advertisement in the Woman's Day. And all these ladies wrote these horrific, horrible stories. And I thought, but everything's done behind the closed doors. So that's what I'm trying to do is open the doors. But um, then I've, I thought, well, I'll have a little support group, which I'm no longer a, um, a part of that group. But they're coming up for their 20th year this year, which is game. Gynecological Awareness Information Network, and they're having their celebration on the nineteenth of September at the um, at the UWA Club. So, you know, that's, uh, we're invited to go along to that. So I'm really looking forward to just sitting back and thinking, you know, a lot has changed in all that time. So- and,
0: and fortunately for people like yourself, Kath, who have been prepared to be that spokesperson, mm. that spokeswoman who steps up and goes, yes, let's talk about the vulva. You know, yeah. there isn't a problem here. And women are dying from vulva cancer all the time. Yeah. I know, mm. well, well let, I, you know, I think we need to sort of clarify
1: that it only happens to one in 100,000. So it's not many, so really who cares? Well, I care. I've seen women come and go and die with even a woman this year died early in Perth from vulva cancer. And she said, Kath, I want you to keep shouting it to the world. But I can't do this on my own. And that's why I appreciate somebody like you who is willing to you know, open the doors and to start talking about these things. But I'm pleased to say that King Edward Memorial Hospital have celebrated the Gynae Day for eight years, coming up this year, and we have a display stand in the foyer of the hospital. And um, let me tell you what else is happening. Oh, through my not-for-profit back in 2005, I think it was, we sent a petition off to the federal government, and that's how they had a Senate inquiry, and that led to the National Gynaecological Cancer Centre. And uh, so you know. It, you know for all the efforts that myself and other people have put in you can see the progress that's happening can't you
0: Absolutely. And the conversation is becoming more and more transparent. You know, we um, we have, uh, I, I my children have come through um, the Catholic education system. And I know that even in systemic schools, we have the opportunity to have very open conversations about um, sexual health and for young people to start understanding what it is that, uh, what they're doing and understanding their bodies and what their own physiology is all about. But we're not actually, actually drilling down to some of the men's health issues and yeah. and uh, we're not actually always drilling down to some of the women's health issues. So um, for the work that you're doing, I think it's absolutely wonderful and I wish that there was more transparency around... Um, around these subjects so that it can become a more transparent um, subject and a more less taboo subject, should we say. Kev, I wanted to ask you today, if we have listeners who are tuned in at the moment and they are concerned about how do they speak to their young people about these issues, how do they address it with their young daughters, what sort of is age appropriate and how does one start the conversation?
1: Well... Let me say that my daughter, after my gynaecological cancer, I discovered my own daughter had had polycystic ovaries and endometriosis from the age of 14 when she first started her periods. And so... I just think that we need to be – I think we need to start the conversations. And even uh, those that are listening say, do you know there's an International Gynecological Awareness Day on the 10th of September and Jean Hales is now talking about vulvas. Isn't it interesting? And you just open the conversations with your family. You don't have to sort of say it directly, how's your vulva or whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I quite like that. I think that's a very good approach. Morning. How's your vulva? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, I'm not quite sure that that would go down with some. But, you know, but there's some that like the humour and some that don't, and you've got to understand why those that don't. But um, I'm pleased to say that the, um, if anybody's interested, the University, UWA uh, Guild, are holding a a Zoom session, which I'm involved with, and uh, that's on – I have to check that.
0: Sorry, I just checked that. That's okay. Uh, We can put links to that on our Facebook page.
1: Yeah, on the 9th, but actually it's Dr. Clinic Associate Professor. Jenny McCloskey, who's the head of the sexual health physician in Western Australia, and she says it as it is. And, you know, if you want your daughters or anybody to listen in, you listen to what Jenny's saying, and it's just uh, to be able to bring a professional like her and a voice like me together, and that's what this is all about, is for us to sort of, you know, to just be more open because this is just natural what goes on here. Mm. But if we can help save lives and sometimes lifetime Complications which I am left with, and other women are left with as well. Well, then it's really important that we, you know, address it from a different perspective. Um, also, uh, what's happening is I've, the the Perth Bell Tower is being lit up red on the Ghani night and um, so I'm hoping to encourage as many people as we can to get down there. I've actually got some red knitted knickers <laughs> that are on cardboard and we're just going to hold them up and just sort of show well, we're not afraid to do this anymore. So... Um,
0: yeah, we're not afraid yeah. to have this conversation and, and be yeah. adult about it and address it in a mature yet sensitive way. Absolutely. Um, Kath, there are some cultural um, issues around having these conversations and certainly having these conversations in public. And something that I um, did note was how you um, mentioned your initiative in the way of and uh, saying the not-so-secret woman's business. Let's address that for a minute. Let's, let's take a look at um, that opportunity of having women's business and how we talk about things and not being perceived as being insensitive to cultural differences?
1: Absolutely. Uh, My book is called The Not-So-Secret Women's Business, but I was asked to go by the Soroptimist International in Perth to go to their convention and speak. And I thought, and yeah, there was a thousand women there. And I thought, how am I going to even say the word vulva? Because I've always been told you have to be culturally sensitive. You can't say this. You can't do this. And so I always abided by the rules. And yet the president of the Seroptimist from um, Malaysia, she said, Kath, I want you to talk about this. And, you know, to me, I almost had a tear in my eye to sort of think, you want me to talk to these ethnic women about these things? And she said, yes, it's really important. And I did speak a couple of weeks ago at the Isha Multicultural Centre and, uh, it, you know, I, I just spoke openly. Okay. And the women are sitting there all intrigued with all of this and I think that, you know, nobody threw stones at me or, or said I can't do that. And I suddenly think, well, why, you know, we're all women and as long as we talk about these issues in front of other women... Uh, Well then, you know there there is no need for us to be, to, to you know to be culturally sense that we.
0: So in that instance, in the example that you've given, you were speaking. I would imagine, um, if it was Malaysia, to a largely Muslim population in the audience. So you so that Absolutely. would be largely Muslim, and then of course, here, right at home, we have to um, we have to acknowledge some sensitivity around speaking to indigenous groups and um, Aboriginal people, and ensuring there that when it is a woman's conversation, there are all women in the room, but that we go directly to the heart of the problem so that we are addressing it and having an open conversation. And um, obviously in other areas, then once again, you can have that mixed gender audience and ensure that uh, that education is, is out there and it's going across the board.
1: Well, absolutely, but the thing is we're talking on radio here and we're talking to men and women and, you know, I'm trying to break down the barriers with the men as well because I do need to understand a little bit better about, you know, how the men and the women, you know, do deal with these things. But unless we're up front like I am being, well, then – You know, we could be losing women's lives and men could be losing their mothers, sisters, daughters. But also I wanted to mention my husband had five bypasses two years after my operation Mm. because he had to pick up the pieces. He had to sort of understand, well, what's going on here? And what about our sex life? And what about our family life? And what about the work life? It just got in a terrible mess. And that's why I don't want. You know, I want people to gain this knowledge so their life doesn't get in a mess like ours did.
0: Yes, that makes absolute sense. That makes it, it very, very clear. And yes. with your being very authentic and you talking from your own personal experience, I know yes. that there are listeners out there who are going through all sorts of strife. And sometimes it is that lack of communication that starts to impact the relationship and also starts to impact people's mental health. So, um, you know, as you said, your husband ended up very, very, critically ill um, but you've given me a perfect segue there for us to take a short break and I think uh, we need to be celebrating uh, womanhood and all that that is so I'm going to play Helen Reddy's tune I am woman and we'll be back with Kath Mozilla right after this break for the community inspire radio you're tuned into Coffee with Caro. My guest today coming to us live from Perth via a phone connection is Kath Mazella. And Kath and I are talking about vulva cancer and um, and her initiative, which is basically opening up um, the conversation around secret woman's business, the not-so-secret woman's business, talking about um, cancers and different types of cancers that occur. You still there, Kath? Uh, yes, I'm here. Oh, okay, excellent. Thank you. So, um, let me just get this completely straight in my mind so that we know what we're talking about. Vulval cancer is that type of cancer that occurs on the outer surface area of female genitals, is that right? Yes, that's right, okay. including the clitoris. Okay, and, and most commonly diagnosed in older women, this is the way I understand it, risks include exposure to the, the human um, pap- papilloma, papilloma um, virus, is that right? And also smoking? Uh,
1: yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Oh, I mean, okay. It could be an irritation. Sometimes women have an irritation for a long time and sometimes it's, it's it can be put down as thrush. But this is where we need to empower ourselves to sort of think, well, I'm not feeling right about this and it's been going on for a long time. And then you take action. But I just wanted to point out here that we're, we're talking vulvar cancer here, but the the gyne, the gynaecological issues for all the conditions like hysterectomies and fibroids and prolapse and you know so a vulval cancer is only a small part of my campaign but right. because I personally had vulval cancer I do like to forewarn women right. so. Right,
0: right. But we are talking about also what I want us to focus on a little bit, Kath, is the signs and symptoms of these pre-cancers, you know, almost um, pre-cancers. And I know that they are varied and everything, but I want women to understand also that – Sometimes a cancer can occur that it, that its common form might just be a lump or a little sore or something that's causing you itching or discomfort um, and, and that there are obviously treatments and not everything is going to result in a cancer, but something that may need attention could just be a lymph node um, that could be... You know, just need dissecting or um, a skin graft or something could very quickly support that person to to be more comfortable and live a more fuller life. Is uh, you know, am I am I on track here? Because there are a lot of um, things that people say. Oh, I don't want to. You know, I'm not interested in knowing about that. Um, you know, a lot of people don't even want to go and have their annual pap smears. So well, they
1: don't. Uh, um, but. Um, well, I think the pap smears have now gone to five years. And, yes, and so that that and, uh, relieves
0: a lot of the burden.
1: Well, yeah, but the thing is, you know, if we have the knowledge and the understanding within that five years and you think, oh, gee, I have a sore here or a rash there or whatever, you don't wait for five years to think, well, I'll you know, I'll go and get that checked. Correct. But you know, knowledge is power is one of my mottos. It's like the more we know, the mm. better. And prevention is better than cure. But the thing is... It was my mother who's had breast cancer She, because I had a lump in my vulva. Mm. Um, she said, oh, it's not normal to have lumps anywhere in your body. And I thought, but mum, you know, these are experts that know, you know, if there's a lump there. Mm. And apparently it is quite common to have a little um, A bump there.
0: or a lump, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But the thing is, if it persists and if it does bother you, well, then just don't think, oh, well, I just have to put up with this. You know, we Correct. need to Correct. be able to take action.
0: And from a practical point of view, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from um, taking a mirror and taking a really good look um, because, quite frankly, nobody knows what normal looks like because this is yeah. not something that we go and explore all the time yeah. and we certainly don't have a lot of comparison to be able to make. It could be lighter or darker. Um, yeah. You could have a uh, different coloured skin tone around it. could look pink. It could look red, It could, you know, um, yeah. but a bump or a lump which could be red Pink or white um, could have a wart like appearance, uh, so where the, the surface is a bit rough and a little bit thick or, or um, yes. uh, raw. That's something that one really needs to be um, taking a, a closer look at. Because, well,
1: yes, because some of those, some of the, what you're describing, there's, uh, there's a, a condition called lichen sclerosis. Yes, And, you know, I'm not a medical person, so I'm really not going to go on about that. But yeah. it is an irritation and quite often it gets overlooked as thrush again. So, yeah. you know, uh, so you know, this is like if you were having a cup of coffee with your friend, sit around and say, well, you know, my friend had this irritation or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just get the conversations going.
0: Yes. Let's talk a little bit about um, the fact that young women are now given the um, – and I can never pronounce it f- very fluently, the um, pamphlete pamplio- <laughs> Pap- virus. Um,
1: oh, okay, so hold on, just let's, let's clarify that it's called the papilloma virus. Yeah, Say
0: papilloma, that. papilloma. Okay. papilloma. I thought there was an O in there as well,
1: papilloma. Yes,
0: papilloma virus. And um, at schools now, children are actually given the vaccination for this. Am I right? Yes, that's
1: right.
0: Okay, so that occurs at a couple of different stages during a young woman's lifetime and um, is administered at school levels. Do you think that there um, is the common trend that everybody is vaccinating or are people, you know, very anti-vaccinations? I'm just interested where that goes. Well, right across
1: the board, there's some for and some against. And I don't really want to buy into that because Mm. I'm not medically inclined Mm. and I think it's everybody's choice. But you can't make the choice without the knowledge. And so, therefore, that's what I'm all about is, you know, to get your understanding, you know, and, to, and work it out for yourself, you know. Yes,
0: and very much about understanding female reproductive system, everything that is included, everything from the fallopian tubes to the ovaries to the cervix to the uterus and all the other bits. That's yeah. the external sexual organs, the internal organs and what they all do and what they're supposed to do. So.
1: And- Absolutely. I'm on this mission at the moment to try, I want a division between uh, reproductive health, and to me that sounds like having babies, opposed to gynecological health, which is the, the policies to go is endometriosis, fibroids, prolapse, and all the other issues that right. go with it, because they are different. And I know a lot of medical experts think, well, it's better off to be just under reproductive health. But I find that gynecology is the Cinderella, and it's always found in the background. And I just think it's time we need to resurface and, uh, you know, bring these issues out of the dark ages, so to
0: speak. Yes, yes. And Kath, it's it's funny that you should touch on that because even yesterday within our own family, um, we were having a chat and I have two young daughters, a 25-year-old and a 16-year-old and um, somehow the conversation came around to having a colonoscopy and um, one of my youngsters was saying how nowadays you can not only um, have a colonoscopy but you can have your colon re Shaped, and I said, "Oh, that sounds really weird. Why would you want to do that?" And um, she was talking about making, um, you know, making a good health choice to get this done, and ensuring that the bowel and all of the all of what is involved in um, the perineum, the anus, all of that is functioning healthy, and um, start starting with the colon and gut health. And as the conversation progressed, I could see her partner and some of the men in the room starting to squirm and I said, does this, does this conversation make you guys uncomfortable?" And um, my, my husband, truly a man of the century said, um, "I've had my lunch. I don't care what you talk about <laughs> as long as eaten. <laughs> Yes, so long as I've eaten and it's not going to impact my lunch. <laughs> Kath, have you got any final words for our listeners? Um, I've tried to make light of it, but it is a very serious subject and I do want people to have the awareness and um, thank you for sharing some of those upcoming dates. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to share um, on this particular message?
1: Uh, Well, I'm on the Royal College of Gynaecology and Obstetrics in London and... um, We need to hear the voice and the women's stories. So if anybody wants to share their story anonymously, uh, I'm going to raise a couple of stories on the International Gynaecological Awareness Day. But I think the more it's like the breast cancer women, we hear the stories, we understand the stories, and we support the stories. But gynaecology is a different thing. And I think we can break down some of the barriers and stigmas if we all start to share the stories and open the doors so that we can get the conversation out in the community, so that's probably about it but if you can come along to the Bell Tower or um, if you can promote the Varney Awareness Day uh, because it's not an easy job I take on here and uh, the more that others can help spread the message would be really appreciated.
0: Fantastic, fantastic and Kev, can you give me either a website link or an email link so that I can put that directly onto our Inspire Radio Coffee with Caro Facebook page and people can, uh, if they do have a short story to share with you, they can find your details. Details right there.
1: Okay, well you will find me at cat <clears throat> excuse me, That's double dot mm-hmm. com. Beautiful. Yeah. And I, but I do, if you're looking for medical advice, uh, please go to the Jim Hales uh, website because that is just magnificent and have a look particularly today about their talking, uh, professional talking about vulva and vagina issues.
0: Excellent. I cannot thank you enough for all of the work that you do. You are definitely changing the landscape for women with gynecological and sexual health conditions. And we thank you on behalf of ourselves, all the women I know, the Inspire family, um, females, as well as all of our daughters. So thank you very, very much for all the work that you do, Kath, and best of luck with everything. And thank thank you for being… In
1: closing, can I say
0: viva la vulva to to you all. Viva la vulva. Thank you. take care of yourself and bye-bye thank you bye what a wonderful and inspirational lady. You're listening to Coffee with Caro. We we bring you all sorts of different things and um, very challenging subjects. We're not shy to talk about them. We are not holding back. We are making sure that we are taking care of the mental health and well-being of the communities in which we live, broadcast and work and play. So thank you so much again to Kath Mazella. Her contact details will be on Coffee with Caro's Facebook page. <coughs> For the community Inspire Radio